Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Steal facial hair style with 10% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse and Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Friday, yes, Friday. Fun Friday here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. The 30th of September. Hope your Friday's going good so far. Whatever you're up to, you might be getting up, being the gym, exercising. Oh, no doubt Kempi's been the gym. Morena, Kempi. Morena, morena. Not this early, mate. Later on today, for <laughs> sure. For sure. But, yep, not headed up there yesterday. Just, uh, I was telling Louie, mate. I walked into the walked into the gym, and um, man, I saw you know all these women in the gym, and that big burly woman. And I was thinking, man, all the all the uh, Jamaican cricket team are here. I thought the first thing I thought about was a cricket, and I went, oh shit, no, they're up on the beach, they're up in the Caribbean, the, the Kiwi girls, and I had a look around, and then all of a sudden saw the the Springbok cap, uh, caps. So all the uh, all the Springboks and and the English team are all staying at this at the at the hotel where my gym is. So I was uh, I was up there yesterday and I, I just started thinking about the the girls mm. and I forgot that one of the boys I played with is actually the English coach Simon Middleton. So mm. um, yeah, man, I'm going to walk upstairs uh, probably today and go and knock on on uh, we used to call him size size door and get him on the show. So he can talk about the English's, yeah. English's um, chances of of taking out the World Cup, and uh, he won't be able to avoid me because I'll be knocking on that door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that about you, Kimpy. No shame, man. No shame. Love it. Love it, Kimpy. Go get them. Yeah, they are probably oh, one of the favourites heading into uh, the World Cup, which, lads, starts next week. You're only about a week away. October the 8th. At Eden Park, the or uh, the Black Ferns are taking on the Wallaroos to start off their campaign, and uh, good to see Dan Carter giving back and 
giving them a little kicking session yesterday and uh, well just helping out so it's awesome to see that I'm pretty excited about that lads I can't wait honestly I spoke about it earlier in the week the Black Ferns and uh, this World Cup it's inspiring me I was reading Alana Bremner's article she just she's starting to feel the hype going to a media session there's a lot of journalists there they're ready for it the fans are out in the crowds everything's starting to align lads Yep, they're all all in town. Seen them walking around, so um, it'll be interesting. I think it's a triple header. The first the first one is it. Um, they're all getting them out there. So if everyone anyone's thinking about going to watch a sporting event, I'd I'd get there. And the the interesting stuff too. There's lots of news around supporting women's sport um, coming yep. out at the moment. You've got not just the Rugby World Cup uh, is, but you've got the FIFA Women's World Cup coming down here next year, and of course in October. Mm-hmm. Running alongside the the um, the disability World Cup and the and the men's World Cup, we've got the women's rugby league World Cup happening up in the UK too. So plenty of sport, especially for our elite women, um, just about to kick off in the next couple of weeks. Yes, you did right, Kimpy. And today is Fun Friday. And well, talking of league, after um, we're going to catch up with Paul Fatuera. You caught up with him yesterday. You had a great chat to. Uh, well, Penrith legend who knows all about winning a grand final, Paul Fatawera. And uh, we'll play that for you this morning. And I uh, hope you had a good catch up with him, Ken B. Jeez, he can rumble. He's oh, got yeah. a good old punch on him. Oh, so you would have been behaving. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's actually a really good dude. You know, he's uh, he's had his struggles in life himself and is now an advocate for uh, mental health and works for the NRL in that space and in and around the clubs. And he won two grand finals. He won one with West Tigers and, and one with Penrith um, under Tim Sheens. I think the other one was Johnny Lang. Remember Johnny Lang and his son used to play at the front in the front row? Uh, yep, yeah, for Penrith, back, back oh, in those days yeah. with, the, with the Bear Brothers, the Tony Pugliatua yep. and Joe Nalavell, uh, a couple of really good oh. Kiwis running around back then. So, mate, good chat. Was a real good chat. He's over there. He was invited to the Dally M's, um, and then he's got two two uh, catch ups with the old boys from those two grand final teams. So, uh, yeah, really good talk. Really good talk. I'm going to actually try and catch up with them next week as well. Have a coffee just to catch up. Mate, that was a a bulldog blockbusting front row. When you think about that, you just put the memories flooding back. And yesterday we were talking about the Penrith Panthers, and I was—I forgot to say that um, I actually played with Luke Rooney. He played on the wing. He—he—he he, yeah. he came over and had a had chances arm at rugby. He came over and played for Hawks Bay, and had a crack and uh, got to know Luke Rooney. Who obviously, scored that famous try and and left hand mate. Just yeah, it was it was it's crazy. Got to play have a have a crack with him and. Uh, yeah, brought back the memories of, of Pembroke Panthers, and now you've brought them up with Lang, mate. I remember that coach and son combination. Oh, how good was that? What about the um, who was the was it Reese Wesser? Yeah, Reese Wesser was a fullback, mate. They Ryan Gurdon. Oh, he was the, good. He was in the centres. You had Rooney. They're all all kangaroos, of course. Um, yeah, Craig Gower was a captain in the half. Yeah, Craig Gower, that's him. Yeah. And then of of course you had Scotty Sattler pull down um, Skinny Burns in that final if you if you remember down the sideline Scotty Sattler's old man's a legend too so he he played in the in the grand final with a broken jaw um, tough as nails back in those days you know that hit on Lanou in the weekend of of uh, Tane Milne I don't know if you've seen it but Lanou's yeah, 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 made a break yeah. and and he's just come in with a swinging arm mate that was that was. 50s, 60s, 70s style play. 
Um, and when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, you are absolutely gone for that." That was, uh, but the, but when you th- when you put it back into Scotty Sattler's old man's um, memory banks, they actually did that. He he snapped his jaw and played a whole grand final with it. Unbelievable. They breed him. They breed him tough there, Kempe. They breed him tough. Reese Wesser. Oh, the memories are flooding back, mate. Used to love watching him, watching him play. Anyway, Kempe, we're going to have a chat to Bjorn Baker as well. Stars of spring racing catch up with Bjorn Baker, who made the shift to Sydney to start his training operation, who in the last week has won Lotto in terms of horse racing. We're going to have a chat to him at 7.40ish. Stay tuned for that. We're going to be also talking all things sport, because it is the NRL Grand Final, Kempe, and it'll be rude for us to not cover it and talk about it even more, because this is a big dance, not only in the men's, you've got the women's side of it too. So we're going to be talking all things league this morning, we're going to be talking racing, big couple of group ones over the weekend, and uh, we want to hear from you, double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Tom Abercrombie's Aye, breakers, not ideal. Going to cover that. The rally yesterday, Louis Herman Watt. A senior. You were, you were roadside, mate. Speed bumps, suspension. Didn't look like they got too much air. That suspension must have been relatively good. Yeah. It was, I went to the museum last night, and there were rally mm. cars there. It was just bizarre. Awesome. Just so cool, but so buzzy. Like, everything <laughs> you kind of thought. It was crazy. Like, it really was kind of just like a real, like, no, there was so much novelty factor about it. All of a sudden, you just heard this brap, 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 and these cars were flying. And I tell you what the biggest difference was. The difference between the Formula 2 cars and, or the Formula 2 cars, the Rally 2 cars and the Rally 1 cars. So, the, I think for perspective, the four, uh, the Rally 2 cars had 220 horsepower, where the the 1 class cars had 500 and the noise difference wow. and the pace difference off the mark it's crazy and they're just flying down and it had just rained so it was wet and they were skidding handbrake up had to go around do a donut twice so they come down past the museum two donuts around a kind of i guess a boy in the middle then kick it around <laughs> boot it around come back up two more donuts do it again then chicanes to finish it was just like I know they've well now I know that with after hearing and going along yesterday, this is actually something they've done multiple rallies. They actually were doing this in the domain in the seventies, in the eighties, mm. in the nineties. I didn't know that, but there's actually a real history of uh, rally car driving in the Auckland domain, which still sounds just completely bonkers. Even though I saw it in action. Um, so well done to everyone organising it, and, and good on you if you got down there and saw it, and um, the rally rolls on today. So, you know, it was actually, it all kind of struck me when I was standing there, like these are the best rally car drivers in the world, and Otanik has taken the opening stage. Hayden Patton was in the top 10, and that was in his Formula, uh, I keep saying Formula 2, Rally 2 car. So he didn't have one of the big puppies. He just drove a real good split. Um, he was awesome. And he started it off, saw Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, Peter Augelet, um, uh sorry, Steve Augelet. Uh Yeah, some of the big dogs of a rally car. So it was cool, and it was free. Just b- w- w- wandered on up. It was awesome for a Thursday. Man, I, I seen your, your Instagram. I was thinking, maybe they're just showing off doing those little donuts, and then they took off again. So I, I didn't... Um, think it was part of the race, but mate, look, look like fun. 
look like fun hearing the noise and, and seeing what it's all about. And Hayden Patterson's 10th at the moment, so hopefully he can continue. Mate, where do they go to next? Where do they go to next? Where's the next stage? I think today... I think today they are out the back of Raglan. Like actually, I'm pretty sure it's where Tiako's farmers out out towards yeah, like west of Hamilton uh, Huntley area. But uh, I'll have to just double check that because um, I know that obviously there's a lot of it going on at Jacks Ridge up above Auckland and and around Auckland as well. But I'm pretty sure today they are heading to into the Waikato, and I mean beautiful. Beautiful scenery all through there. Um, yeah, it is the Waikato. So the, the famous Fanga Coast Road today. And that's where it gets serious. So it's um, stages ranging from 18 kilometres to 31 kilometres today. So it's proper rally car. They're back on the gravel. And the guy that's leading it, the young kid that can win the can win it all this weekend, he's got the sweeping role. So that means he's going first and he's clearing the gravel off the road for everyone else, which is not necessarily where you want to be. So it creates opportunity for other drivers. The drama, all here in New Zealand. How good. <laughs> the drama. Oh, and he's, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, clear it out and give it a bit more of a less friction. Maybe get some more speed going. Kempe, if there's an opportunity, you're going to go along and have a little, uh, little watch. But I'd love to have a drive. <laughs> I've seen them. <laughs> mate, seen them speed over. I thought the speed humps were a bit of a problem, but they went over them as if they weren't even there, mate, when you're looking at all the footage. Mm. Um now, nah, good for New Zealand. Good for good for local economy. You know, having all those people up there it was packed up to the domain. Um, so yeah, no, good on them. Good on them bringing it down here. It's been a while since I've had it here, and I'm pretty sure they'll be pretty happy with the turnout last night. Hey, one thing I didn't talk about is he. You know, we spoke about it in the, with the NRL. Nico Hines picking up the the Dally M, um, but we had a Kiwi actually pick up the the women's Dally uh, M award in uh, racing McGregor. The halfback out of Sydney City, Kiwi Fern, and as a Kiwi, um, so just a big congratulations to to Racing for for picking up that that um, gong. Because man, I'll tell you what, there is some play, some some real good players in that uh, competition uh, right across the board. You know, there's a couple of really good centers. There's a good young 17 year old halfback out of Newcastle that uh, has been called, called the female Joey Johns, and uh, of course he's a a number of Australian players too that are, are real good, good fullback for St George, you know, um, centre out of out of Sydney City. But for a Kiwi to pick that award up, unbelievable, Mate. unbelievable. Because there yeah. was talk years ago that Kiwis would never ever win that award um, mm. in the in the men's in the men's um, realm. But you know, we had Roger win it. Uh, Gary Freeman back in the day won one. Um, but yeah, they've been few and far between. But you know, to get that. Uh, that award so early on in the NRLW's career, I think, is a real massive accolade for young Reese McGregor. Just want to show a big shout out to her. Yeah, like that, Uncle. Hey, look, it's it's great. You know, women's sports. At uh, wow, it's getting a lot of um, publicity at the moment for all the good reasons. I actually love it. I watched I watched um, one of the games actually. The Broncos taking on the Dragons, and it was that last minute field goal in overtime, and it was yeah, outstanding. What a what a kick that was. And I was just sitting there going, man, this is actually good league to watch. Really enjoyed it. So well done, Racine McGregor. And, and obviously, hopefully, you can go forward and, and get the job done for the Kiwi Ferns. Uh, uh, Louis, I know you got a big question for us, brother. Can't wait question of the day. 
Yeah, I do. And it's uh, it's actually rugby league dependent as well. Uh, we've been running sweepstakes. And do you know what? I've absolutely loved it. I've loved the sweepstakes we've been running. Because, How are them apples? Yeah. <laughs> 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 because it's always good to see how far off all the guesses are. <laughs> Looking back, oh, well, this person thought they were going to win by 30. Well, the other team won by 20. So it's good, and especially when you've got a big game. So NRL Grand Final, Parrot, Penrith, Clive Churchill. Who's it going to be? Who is your man of the match of the grand final? And who is the winning team in margin? Come through. I'm sure we've got a $50 TAB bonus bet lying around. I swear we must have one extra. I don't have any. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we've got a $50 TAB bonus bet. You do, bonus mate. You do. Paul and Marty find it. Yeah, we've got, we've got one lying around. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up with a $50 TAB bonus bet on Monday if you come through. So you need the correct... You need the correct Clive Churchill winner and then closest score as well. Who is it? And, um, Kempe, you all know the history. You don't win the Clive Churchill unless you win the game, right? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. So, mate, there's some really juicy odds out if you're looking at uh, having a a little bit of a bet on the NRL this weekend. Um, I thought Dylan Edwards was, you know, eight bucks is a real good bet for the Clive Churchill. Isaiah Yell is obviously with Nathan Cleary, one of the favourites, and you've got Mitchell Moses over the other side, but Dylan Brown is worth a touch. There you go. Um, I, I, you know, part of me wants to, you know, my, my head is saying Penrith just can't get beat. But... I remember a mate phoning me up and saying he's having a decent dig on the Australians in the 2008 World Cup final. And there was no way in the... And everyone thought this. No way in the world the Kiwis could win the 2008 final. And I said to him, mate, it's a final. We just don't bet on those games. And what happened? Billy Slater runs down the sideline, throws that pass on the inside, bounces back up into Benji's hands. Adam Blair runs through, scoops up a one-hand you know what I mean? The bounce of the ball went mm. all the Kiwis' way and they got that game and they got it comfortably. So I just I think it's going to be really close. Real close. Well, you keep thinking about that then and you give us your answer to the Clive Churchill and the score prediction Come on, on, on the other side of this. Izzy, you're not off the hook too. Your name's going down. And double eight, double three, or even better, 0800 Where are you league fans? Are there no league fans in New Zealand anymore? You'll turn your radios off. Give us a call. Who wins how much? Clive Churchill. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Right, grand final weekend. Let's just cut straight to it. Who wins how much? Who's the best player on the park? Simple. Tony, yours. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning, Morning. Uh, Apples. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> I've got a couple of things for you. What's that? Why are you sitting on the fence? Yesterday, you told me when I said I was going to take the Panthers to give my money back to you. Can you make a decision and pick a team and give us yeah. a score <laughs> instead of sitting on the fence like somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about? Well, it is grand final week, Tony, so I'm just leaving it right till the end of the week. All right? Don't want to give it away well, too I like early. Young, right? I like you a lot, but I'll I, I tell you what. I'll tell you what's going to happen, right? Nathan Cleary will win the medal by a country mile. The Eels are going to play silly and try and crush him down and, and, and smother him, and that's going to kill their game. Cleary's too clever for that. 
And third, the painters are going to win 13 plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, yeah. let's see. Let's see. That's, What's wait, your score? You're remember. You're going to remember My Tony's one. 32, 32, 8. 32, 8? Yeah, you're going 20 plus. Wow, 32-8? That's a hiding. That's a... Whew. Kempe, Kempe, you remember he won He won the $50 TAB bonus bet the other day and he came out and said he's going to put the put on Panthers 13+. plus. Of course he's going 13+. plus. He's on one, Tony. He's on one, Tony, isn't he? What about Joe from Gizzy? He'll be on one too. Morning, Joe. Morning, boys. Louis Him and White don't uh, swearing when Tony's no uh, league fans left in this country, mate. I'll lean down this phone and slap you, Louis. Hey. <laughs> I'm just seeing if no, you're I awake, think... Joe. Just seeing if you're awake, brother. <laughs> I'm always right here, brother. I'm always right here. I think it's going to be a bit tighter than that. You know, making 20 odd points. I think um, Paramount are going to come to play, and the the Ford will sort each other out, and Paragon. Parra got a little bit lucky in their game, in their semi. A couple of forward passes there and a couple of couple of coming through the front door. They won't come through the front door of the, of the Panthers. But uh, I, I think it'll be tight. And uh, I think there'll be a couple of genius touches from both sides. And, uh, yeah, we'll have Cleary with, with, the, uh, with the man of the match. And I, I think uh, probably eight to ten points will be it. I think mean, they'll be so up for it. Uh, and you might you might just see Penrith go away with it at the end. I think, just with their depth and uh, and, and the way they play. I mean, Parra beaten them twice, and then uh, Penrith got up against them in the first round of the playoffs and put them away. But I think it's just going to be an outstanding day, and no, no one really blows anybody out by twenty or thirty points in a final. You uh, you got the two best sides who deserve to be there, and um, I think when you look at when you look at Papa Lee. You know, the matches on the edges. You, know, you got Papa Lee on one edge. You got Kicker on one edge. You got Lane coming through that that front door, and then you've got uh, our man Fisher Harris. I just think it's just going to be a sit back, gentlemen. Put the feet up and just watch it. I think it'll be a great game of footy. Mm-hmm. Tend to agree, Joe. Nice matchup. Nice matchups, Joe. You're dead right. Front row matchup, back row. Height and strength and lane and kick out, loose forwards. You know, Nathan Brown's back on the bench first game in months, and he's just the absolute campo of, of the Warriors type player. Now, I, I, I sort of tend to agree. I think it's whoever hangs in it the longest, you know. And does the big question is, does Parry get stage fright? Because you know the Panthers aren't their third time to the big dance in a row, they know what to, what it takes to win one, and they've lost one too, which, which really hurts, right. Um, Kimpy, you're probably going to have to give us a score prediction, otherwise Tony's going to come back down. No, no, the I am phone. going to give you. A, I, yeah, I am going to go. Ooh. I actually think, Ooh. I actually think, fifteen bucks for a drop goal in the first half is going to make it an an uh, even number. So I'm going to go oh, twenty-seven twenty-five. I think there'll be two two drop goals from both sides. To who? To Penrith. Yeah, 25 to Penrith. That could change. That could change. <laughs> it almost felt like you gave a score prediction, then you decided which team was going to win. Oh, but mate, yeah. Oh, you know, my head's going, come on, Para. Uh, 
My heart's going, come on, power, but my head's going. Penrith's to lose, mate. Oh, I'm, geez, they got to play bad. <laughs> All right, it's down favour. Love it. What do you think? 0800 Izzy, you stop laughing. The, you're par- off, the you're power off fans the will be happy, Izzy. You're not off the hook, Daggy. You're off after this. Here's the news with Karen. Yeah, Kaz Dog in the house today. Thanks to Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. So what you want? SNZ 25 away from 7 Plenty whiskeys, bourbon, spears Probably around the traps this weekend With grand final weekend coming up At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade We're here to make job easier Because helping business is our trade Just some headlines to rip through And there are plenty of headlines As Izzy made a point of earlier Tom Abercrombie's got this gnarly eye injury where he's got about 50% vision in his uh, crook eye after copping a finger, I can only assume it was, has had it operated on and they weren't sure how successful it was. It seems like it is going to come good, but it's going to take time. And he's actually banned from flying. I suppose it's a pressure thing uh, for a few weeks, so more than a month. So, look, he's going to miss the start of the season. Our guy Tom Abercrombie has had the worst run of luck. I just want him to be able to get back out there. And, and who knows how much longer he's got for the breakers. So, look, absolutely rooting for you, Tommy. And we'll try to catch up with him next week, I reckon. Hey, um, Quinn Tapaya yesterday was ruled out for nine months with that knee injury. It was sickening. It's terrible. It was really... We, the writing was on the wall, AKMP, and, and just to have that confirmed is really hard to stomach. Um Six weeks, nine months. Where's, where's, where's the, I guess, the Justice. equality in that? It was one thing. You know, poor, poor Quintipai. Terrible. I feel so sorry for him. And, um, That's his World Cup. It would be, wouldn't it, is he? That's his World Cup. He can't play Super Rugby. He's probably, what was it, October next year? September, October? Um what is it, October now? Look, uh, he's got to- he's got time, but you'd, you'd say it'll be tough ass for him unless injuries happen. You'd say that'll be his his World Cup. Really, it's ha- sad, man. Really hard to stomach. Really hard to stomach. And actually, out of the uh, UK overnight, Bundy Aki has been slapped with an eight week ban. Now, I don't wow. know if you guys have that seen was... this clean out. It's not good. Yeah. He comes flying in and he hits. Uh, he goes shoulder straight to the top of a uh, Jackler's head. So it's not good. But you watch it at full speed, eh? It's crazy. It's <laughs> hardcore contact, and it's definitely ban worthy. Yeah. But that's eight weeks yanking someone and leveraging someone's knee to put them out for nine months or six weeks. So look, there's just a lot of inconsistency. Can, can they go back and review it? Can they go back and review this? Um, they can't, can they? They've already made that decision. Yeah, look, it's, no, it's, it's poor. It's completely dumb. poor. It's 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 bad. And uh, look, we know Darcy Swain apparently, well, we've heard things that he's apologetic and, um, you know, he's um, hopefully reached out in his own terms. I'm guessing he, he definitely would have because of what's unfolded. But, uh, yeah, look, it's it's not great. Nine months, this young kid's career. I've done a knee. Kempi's done a knee. 
you just it's just not as easy as coming back and back to normal. You've got so much rehab and your body will react differently now. You'll constantly be wearing strapping and you'll have to rehab for the rest of your career because it's just a problem. Knees are probably the most important joint in your body. Oh, it takes all, it takes all the pressure. But, you know, just to, mm. it's not that. It's just, you know, we're sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years out of my career and I still remember dislocating my shoulder for the ninth time and missing the 93 final series with Newcastle, you know, and um, we went on a run and we're one point away from making the major semi and, and you just never forget it. Like, you know, Quinta Pyre will be sitting there going, mate, that's my World Cup. And he will live with yep. that for the rest of his life. That's the sad part of it. You know, the injury you'll get over, but you'll never get over missing out on something. Mm. Yeah. I'll give him a bit of hope, though. 2011, kicked the ball. This, I'd snapped my quad off my hip, and that was probably like four months, maybe four or five months before the World Cup. Came back, had won two games to have, have a good, decent crack, and uh, and, and made it. So, mate, it ain't all over, but it's going to be a long journey. But still have that little belief back in your mind, uh, Quinny. Gee, you used to wind that pin up, didn't you? You'd belt the ball <laughs> so hard you've kicked Yeah, your... kick, kick, I kicked kick. the ball, but I went to kick it, and it went, ping! And I was like, what the hell was that? Looked down, my quads just won my knee. I was like, holy, he snapped my quad off. <laughs> just kicking the ball. <laughs> that is weird, man. Hey, uh, well, we've... Extricated a tip out of Kempe. 27-25, Penrith win the granny. Um, who was your Clive Churchill medalist? Uh, Dylan. Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Is he, what's yours? I've gone power by seven. Mitchell Moses is going to be uh, Churchill, and they're going to win 23-16. That is mine, I think. If you, know, you guys know me. I love an underdog, and I love a, a little underdog story. I just think the, the brown... And the Moses combination is going to come through and, and get the job done. I would love to see Power lift that trophy. First time in 40 years, I think it is, Kempe. 36 while, years. So yeah. 36 years, yep. So it's, um, yeah, it's time. Mate, Western time. Sydney. Mitchell Moses has so much to play for, Kempe. He's just had a baby, oh, you know, he's inspired. Yeah, come on! And Para, Para are taking all the support out West Sydney. I don't know if you've been watching the socials. Mate, it is. I would love to be there. West Sydney, like nothing else, man. Fire the jet up. <laughs> Is he? Come on. It's a shoot. Is it running <laughs> this weekend? I ain't got jet. I ain't got anything. 19 <laughs> away <laughs> from seven. Double eight, double three. What's your tip? Who wins the granny? What's the score? We've got Kempe and, Kempe and Izzy reckon there are going to be a field goal here. What do you think? Give us your score prediction and give us your Clive Churchill medalist as well. Come through. Double eight, double three. Run a little sweep. Um... Joe will dig out a bonus bet from the TAB and give it to you. So he's feeling very generous at the moment. He's a new man since he started running. 19 away from 7. 0800 150 The Kenata phone line's there for you, and so is the quiz. Quizzy Dag, come on. Take on the Quizmaster. Come see him for a fun Friday, and we'll get you paid. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Oh, you thought you did a Z and can't be. But the questions stress you out, yeah. The 
quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's Clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them, try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 quizzy dang and TAB bonus bets, don't ask Google all your slages. It's quizzy dang on It's quizzy dang. I love that. Good, eh? Oh, I love that too, Kepi. It just reminds us it is Friday, yeah. Aroha's not here today. We got Kaz in the house, but man, beautiful voice. Love that. Gets me up. Anyway, let's rip straight into it. Brenton from Auckland. Morena, Brenton. What's up, boys? How are you? Morena. Oh, we are good, brother. We are good as Friday. Yeah. Got my score protection as well, mate. Go on, Nighty Panthers, give us it. 25. Nighty Panthers, 25. Eels, 12. 25 12 to the Panthers. Clive Churchill, quick. Uh, Nathan Cleary. Cleary, uh, as easy as that. All right, mate. Good luck for the quiz. Where does Hayden Patton sit on Rally NZ leaderboard after night one? First. First is incorrect. Sorry, Brenton. Have a good day, brother. We're going to go to Jade from Hamilton. Morning, brothers. How are we? <laughs> we are good. We are good. How are you, bruv? Not too bad, brother. I'm not too bad. We're good. We're good. There's the one. That's good, bud. Where does Hayden Patton sit on Rally New Zealand leaderboard after night one? Uncle Uncle must have uh, a few uh, a clue there. Uh, Hugo Porter. Kippy, uh, <laughs> Kippy, Kippy's on one at the moment. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jade. You gone, my brother? We're gonna go to Simon from Auckland. How you going? How you going, boys? Good. We're good. We're just sit on Rally NZ leaderboard after night one. Is it ten? Ten was that clue? He was a ten, yep. wasn't he? Yeah. He was a 10, and it is 10th. He's in 10th position at the moment. Question number two, well done. Which country will NRL grand finalist Brian To'o play for in the Rugby League World Cup? Um, maybe Samoa. Samoa is correct. Question number three. Which MB- MLB team does Albert Pujols play for? Albert, um, he is the... Cardinals? Ooh, on a heater. Yeah, you are. Oh, St. Louis Cardinals. Well done. Question number four. Which ground is the Black Clash cricket game played at? Oh, I heard that yesterday. Is it um Hagley? Hagley Oval is correct. Well done, Simon. <laughs> Question number five to go all the way. Who won the Dally M Award for the NRLW? Five. Um, do I get a clue on that? Before. Quickly. She's a halfback. <laughs> oh, was it um, Racing McGregor? No! Oh! <laughs> 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 
Racy McGregor. Let's go. Well done, Simon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Very sharp. Hey, awesome. Simon, actually, while you're on the line, you just ran that quiz. So here's a bonus question for you and everybody out there. It's from Carlos in Christchurch on double eight double three. Morning team, question for you all. Who was the last Clive Churchill winner that was in the losing team? Clue, this person featured in this final series. You want to take the first guess, Simon? Um, was it was it Billy Slater? No. Well, he didn't, he's definitely retired, so wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been Billy. Yes, he's featured in this final series. Um, I'm, man, that's a goodie. Mm. That's a ripper from Carlos. Anyone know the answer? Kimpy, you. I'm going you... Jason Tomorolo. It's a good one. When did what year did they <laughs> lose for the granny? Uh, they went. They lost before they won it. The year before they won it, they That's lost right. It. Yeah, the young bull, Jason Tomalola. Okay, interesting. That's Kimpy's guess, Carlos. Uh, is you have a think, we'll get yours on the other side. Double eight, double three, if you know the answer yeah. to that. little bonus question from Carlos in Christchurch. Maybe we get Carlos to do the quizzes for us. Outsource them. Seven away from seven. The yeah, that's a bit easy, eh? Yeah, okay. Carlos has tried to throw a curly one at us, and it's almost like the old age-old Jerry West uh, question in the NBA. The logo, you know, you win the, you lose the NBA Finals, but you win the Finals MVP. Really doesn't happen. Only if it happened once. Mm. Uh, well, in the NRL, I don't know how many times it's happened, but Izzy, have you worked out the last one? Mm. Well, I did see it on the text machine, so that's obviously given it away. Before then, I was thinking I was going through all the teams. I was going through the Storm because I was thinking, like, the Storm, they'd probably have someone that's been there for a while. Nah, couldn't get anyone. Then Jason Tarman Lawler was the, the obvious one, but then obviously the text machine has come through and, and given it away. But no, I had no idea, bro. Had absolutely no idea. Jack Wyden. It was uh, from Canberra. Mm. Mm. Dead right. I remember Jack that because it was a little bit of... There's always controversy around that. I remember Darren Lockyer picking up um, an award when the Kiwis beat him. Like, at halftime, they had the game, and and they, the selectors had selected Darren Lockyer at halftime. And started engraving. And started engraving, and they got beaten by the Kiwis. It was just a, it was outrageous. But yeah, man, should I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always. It should come from the winning team. Oh, I think so too. Like I just think by principle, and you can't. Yeah, you know, you can have the game of your life, but unfortunately, if it's a losing effort, that's just what it is. And like that, and I just think there's going to be a respect level with giving those awards out. They go down in history. The Clive Churchill was a historic award. And to, to win the game, I think, that, to win it, you have to reflect that by winning the game. Carlos, how many times has it happened in the history of the NRL or Rugby League? How many times? Because I know in the NBA, I think it is just the once that Jerry West is the only the only guy that's done it. So let us know on double eight, double three. Very curious. And Izzy, very elegant. Mm. She's not getting a start very, in the arc. <laughs> very disappointed in that, uh, Louis. Very elegant. No, not getting a start. So we're going to cross over to France. Andrew Hawkins. Is going to come on and talk to us about this crazy situation that has unfolded. Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? We'll hear from it here. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ Friday, yes, Friday, 30th of September. We're nearly at the end of the month, last day of September, October, tomorrow, and uh, a little big hour ahead. It's a racing hour, good and bad. We're going to be covering it all. We've got Bjorn Baker coming up shortly. We're going to talk to him. He's got a, oh, he's won lotto in terms of training horses. Two races, two horses entering the most prestigious and richest race in the world. How good is that? Bjorn Baker coming up at 7.40ish. And then after eight, Paul Fatuera. Kempi spoke with Paul yesterday and we're going to have a chat to the Penrith Panthers. Ah, well, grand final winning, grand final medalist after eight o'clock and we'll play that for you. So I'm looking forward to hearing that one. Kempi going to read a few messages regarding the NRL grand final. Penrith. Penrith, 22-14. Clary, Clive Churchill medal. That is from Troy. Another one here from Reese. Quickly, Panthers, 34-10. Brian Toto, Churchill medal winner with four tries. How good is that, eh? Ooh, keep those coming. Double eight, double three. Right now, we're going to talk some horse racing. Well, there hasn't been a more controversial story in global horse racing this week, this year. Hell, maybe this decade. Very elegant. 11-time Group 1. Caulfield, a Melbourne Cup winning champion mare, barred from a start in one of the world's most world's pin-up races, the Prix d'Arc de Triomphe. How did we get here? How was this not forecasted? And ultimately, how could a great of the turf be given this treatment? All great questions that we don't have the answers to. So let's head to the scene of the debacle party and catch up with international racing guru and journalist, Andrew Hawkins. Evening to you, Andrew. Uh, good evening. Good morning. It's, uh, yeah, been a big, big week, that's for sure. <laughs> How big is this story, uh, is this, mate? Is, this, is it the talk of the racing community on the ground in France? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I flew into to Paris yesterday morning, and, and as soon as you get there, it was it was something that everyone was talking about. Everyone's wanting to to figure out: is she going to get a run? Is she not going to get a run? Um, the the general consensus yesterday uh, morning was that she wouldn't get a run. And at that point, um, the the connections of Very Elegant had to pay a late entry fee because she wasn't in the original entries, which were taken back in May. And uh, look, at, at, in the end, they decided not to pay the the late entry fee. She would have been refunded that fee if she didn't get a start, but. Um, both the trainer Francis Henri Graffard and uh, the owners led by Brace Sokolsky uh, decided, look, instead they'll run in a different race uh, at Longchamp this weekend and save that late entry fee um, because it just didn't look like she's going to get a run. And the final field's been declared um, overnight your time uh, during the day here and she wouldn't have got a start. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 quite a sensation. Um, it, it's quite an extraordinary story and I don't think anyone could have forecast that this would happen. Andrew, talk us through the reasoning around that. You've got a horse in, in this race that's only won a Group 2 in a six-horse field, and you've got Very Elegant that's won 11 Group 1s. Is, is the French racing in danger having a massive dent put on its reputation because of leaving Very Elegant out? I think on the, on the world stage, there's no doubt that if you can't uh, uh, perform to that level, uh, and then not get a, if you if you can't get a start having performed that level, then there's always going to be that that danger of of uh, ridicule coming your way. And and to be fair, that's coming from a number of different directions, um, not just from Australia and New Zealand. I think a lot of people um, around the world are seeing this and going, how can a horse 
you know, there, there is always talk that Australia um, and New Zealand, that they have too many Group 1 races compared to other places around the world. But uh, it's not like she was winning nothing Group 1 races. She's won the Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, they're, they're the pinnacle races on the Australian racing calendar. And to, to not be recognised for that, um, I think there's there's definitely a sense that there's something that's gone wrong on this occasion. And uh, it's it's a real shame that uh, Very Elegant, a, a horse who, who was flying the flag for, for Australia and for New Zealand, is, is the one that's mm. that's been the, the, the horse that's been affected by this. Yeah, well, it used to be a, an Australian-run Melbourne Cup, but now it's totally international. So I don't know what the reasoning is around that, saying that it's down here in Australia and it's a New Zealand horse. They, they will come down here, try, as you know, try and win that Melbourne Cup. But at the heart of it, do you think that the rating of the French handicap has given her that 130 is a reflective of where she is at her career at the moment? Look, it, it probably is, to be fair. She, she isn't the same mare that she was last year or she hasn't been this year. But again, there's there's reasons for that. I think if you look at uh, the, the Sydney autumn that she came through, it was very, very wet in Sydney. Um, I'm based in Sydney and I haven't seen, I haven't seen uh, rain throughout the, the autumn there like that. Um, in a, in a long, long time. So I think that, um, you know, while she does like a wet, it probably got too wet for her later in the autumn. And so she, she struggled in a couple of runs there. Then she had to make that trip over to, to France. She ran in a race first up in France where they went very, very slowly. Um, she was at the back of the field, struggled to make grounds, but no horse would have made ground from where she was. And then last time out she led, which is something she's never done before. So, um, Look, while it, it's probably a fair rating, there's also been mitigating circumstances to that rating. And again, it really should it matter if if you've got this CV behind you, why should why should you um, need mm. to be able to be, be, be performing at your best? Um, I think that's that's one thing that uh, they do tend to criticise people about with the Melbourne Cup is that sometimes it takes in old in, into account old form. But at least a, a horse that had won the Melbourne Cup last year or a horse that had won the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe last year wouldn't miss out on a run in a Melbourne Cup. So on the flip side then, is this a real dent to the rep of Australia racing that her group ones aren't being respected globally, including the Melbourne Cup? Uh, yeah, look, I, th- I think so. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, I-, I think it's not not necessarily a dent to the reputation this happening, but I think it's a dent. I think it shows how Australian racing is viewed by by many people abroad. Uh, I think there's a there's a view that uh, uh, Australia's best horses Sweet. aren't at that level abroad. It's just it's, it's one of those things that I think um, there's a lot of parochialism in in racing, as there are in a lot of sports. But I think in in racing in particular. Um, you know, you go to the United States and they think that American racing is is far and away the best. The UK thinks that UK is far and away the best. Um, they're, they're only place where I think that I've found that there's probably less parochialism is probably the place that deserves it the most, which is Japan. Um, and so it's it's a it's a factor that um, for, for for many over here, it, it's sort of it's 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 highlighting to them um, that Australian racing isn't as good as as what we may think it is and and i don't think that's um i don't think that's fair and i think that uh i think that rightly uh people can probably go mm, there's there's something wrong with that with that perception andrew the- there is definitely something wrong gone there kimpy sorry there's definitely something wrong there when nature strip heads up there and smokes them so oh i can't believe it can't yeah. believe it go kimpy sorry no no that's okay hey um 
just take talk a little bit about this racing style um, and the way that Very Elegant has run over there. Do you think that's probably been against her, how they stacked them up and raced really quickly over that last 600, as they do in the, in the arc when you watch it? Um, or is it just the grounds haven't really suited her? What do you, what do you think, Andrew, has been her, her main deterrent? Um, I think it has been the way these races have been run has been that uh, that downfall, especially that first run. Um, you actually can look at look at the the splits she's run late in that first up run, and she's actually run tremendously well. But but because it looks bad on paper, and and I mean the handicapper gave her a, a poor mark for that. Um, you know that's that's one of those those things that has uh, made her look potentially not as good as as what we know she is. Um, second up, again, it was it was always going to be a, a slowly run race. So Christoph Sumion decided to take the bull by the horns and go to the lead. Um, I think she she ran well there. Um, the horse that the horse that won is a horse called Irasine, who uh, I know a lot of Australians have been trying to buy because they they're convinced he'd win a Melbourne Cup. Um, and so it's it's. It's a it's a it's a case of just things haven't haven't panned out. But uh, look, I think she'll be hard to beat in the race she does contest this weekend, which is uh, the Prix de Royer, which is a twenty eight hundred meter Group One um, for fillies and mares only. And um, hopefully, as uh, owner Brasikowski said, hopefully the French racing authorities will have uh, egg on their face on on Sunday. Yeah, we're hoping that happens too, mate. Um, so you've just given us a, a little lead, and she can definitely go into that group one and potentially push forward. Just quickly going backwards, uh, is, there, is there any fault um, that needs to go to the connections of Very Elegant and her trainer for not seeing this coming? Look, I don't think so. I don't think that they could have foreseen it at all. Um, I think even people that, that know the intricacies of the way in which the field is is uh, put together, um, yeah, we're, we're shocked by this when it came out the other day. Um, I think it, it when we saw that there were still twenty six horses in the field on Monday, it did run through our minds very quickly. Um, I wonder where she'll be in the ballot, but I don't think that we could have expected that some of those horses down the bottom, horses like Al Hakim, um, would be ahead of her. Um, it just it, it there was no logical thought pattern there that that could be that could be a case so um yeah i don't i don't think that they could have expected um that she'd be treated so poorly i think that they rightly would have thought that her her caulfield and melbourne cup wins would count for something but uh, obviously not hey andrew what about the value of uh, very elegant like there was talk that after she won the melbourne cup that she should be left down here not taken up overseas um do you think this has affected the value of very elegant going forward. Um, it's a good question, and it's hard to know. Um, I think that uh, certainly there'll be still be there'll still be interest in her, and I think that um, someone like uh, Japan, Japanese uh, breeder Katsumi Yoshida, who who is a big buyer of these mares abroad, uh, he'd still pay whatever price he had to to be able to get her. So I think there'd still be interest in her. Um, I think that. If she was able to get that Group One win in Europe, I think that would only enhance her value. It doesn't matter if it's a, an Arc or a Prix de Royer, and it could actually be a good thing for her value if she uh, that, that she missed the Arc and missed running, um, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in an Arc, and goes on to win a Group One in, in Europe. That might actually enhance her value. So it could actually end up being a good thing for connections. But um, that's that's also uh, obviously not the sporting uh, the sporting answer either, and not not what they had hoped to achieve. 
Andrew, you've been fantastic, mate. Louis here, and this is why we got you on. I knew you'd have all of the answers for us. Um, mate, mm. just before we let you go, back, back home, if we've got this right, you've got a, um, an interest in Durston, right, in the Metro? Um, just talk, talk to yeah, us about right. your own journey in racing, and, and let's be honest, if Durston gets a good enough track, does he just win? Oh, it's been it's been really exciting being with Durst in the last uh, the last month or so. Um, I was at Randwick. He ran last in a, a Group Three there uh, at the end of August, and I was I was desolate because I I knew how good he was. Um, I'd followed him since his European days. I knew I knew what he was capable of, and then he's come out and won the Wang Cup, the Newcastle Cup. Um, won them very impressively. Um, I was at both of them, and and a picture came out overnight actually of, of me going absolutely crazy in the stands, and um, yeah, absolutely remarkable. Um, I, I hope he's uh, he's able to win. He's, he looks a weighted certainty um, if he runs up to his form. I just don't know how he's going to go on a heavy track. Um, I know Chris is concerned about it, and if you watch his races, he gets this slow sort of daisy cutter action, which doesn't look like it will translate to a heavy track. But look. You know, he's never been tried on it, so so got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, I, I have been very lucky. I've done a lot of things in racing. I've worked over in Hong Kong. I've I've worked on on television in Australia. Um, I do some work with Highclere Australia, which is the the um, owners of Durston, and and they also have great house going around in the Turnbull Stakes as well. So um, potentially, potentially, if we're lucky, we might have uh, two Corfu Cup and two Melbourne Cup runners, and uh, oh, that will be <laughs> that will be something on the heart, that's for sure. Oh, how good would that be, mate? I've just entered my my horse journey, and I can I can understand it's a, it's a hell of a thrill. Not that I've got anywhere near winning, but uh, mate, well done, well done, and all the best going forward. Andrew Hawkins coming on and talking to us about all things very elegant. We appreciate your insights, and thanks so much, mate. We'll hopefully get you back on soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good morning. There he is, Andrew Hawkins out of France, talking all things very elegant. I've just had my coffee delivered. Thank you, family. Love you. <laughs> all right. And uh man, great to chat. Great great to get a real understanding of what's going on. And and really fascinating to think that the North a bit like the the rugby union situation, totally. the North v the South, so much separation mm. and just it, it's quite shocking to actually think that the Melbourne Cup and the and the Caulfield Cup doesn't have any respect that it probably deserves. And the group ones, there's too many of them. What do you mean there's too many? There's probably not enough of them. Well there's a bit of hypocrisy. Seriously, because mm. the, the, the Melbourne Cup now is truly international. The Aussies can't get horses in there. You know what I mean? And every every best, all the best Northern trainers come down here and bring a horse down because they want to win the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's chicken and egg though, Kimpy, because the Australians have gone away from stayers. And New Zealand stayers, well, back in the day, we'd, we'd be able to turn up with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten horses. But we don't produce good enough stayers anymore to be able to flood them with that numbers. And... It's, there's just so many different ways to spin it, but I think what Andrew is pointing out is every racing jurisdiction barring Japan is very insular, and they all think that they're the best at what they do. In Australia, it's funny, we watch a lot of Group 1 racing in Australia, and we just assume that Australia's horses are the best in the world a lot of the time. Well, Nature Ship's the best sprinter in the world, but, you know, if you're sending Animo up to the... The arc this weekend, a lot of people would say he wouldn't run top uh, top half of the field, and you know that like fair or not, it's the I guess the only way you ever find out is when you send the horses and you line them up with each other, 
And then you've got horses in America like Flightline, and and that they are the high, he's the highest rated horse in the world. He's higher rated than ba- Baid at the moment. So there are so many different jurisdictions and trying to stack them up and then trying to respect what they do well is really, really tough. But as Andrew pointed out, it's not good. Get the best from the best. It's not good for the Get global the best, game. Eh? Well, you can't yeah, have look, a, you know, for me, you can't have a group two winner with a, in a six-horse race. No. If, if you're a purist and you want to, and you want to watch the best horse and you've got a, a group 11 group one winner sitting on the outside saying he can't make the race. Like that's not the, that's not what people want to see. But yeah. you know, you're talking you want to see about the best against the best. Well, you're talking about how the betting's been set up. You know, it's a it's a different race. It's a twenty horse betting mm. race, and they've and the handicappers have done it this way, and, it, and it's worked. But when you're saying very elegant, and we're down this end, and we want to support the the Arc de Triomphe, you just go, well, mate, what a joke! Uh, what a joke! You can't be a Melbourne Cup winner and not get a start. If you're at one eleven Group Ones, it's an interesting question though, because every Group One is an equal, and I think that's what we're learning. Like, look at the Arrowfield Stud Plate tomorrow. No offense, no offense, seriously, no offense. I don't, I don't want this to be like I'm potting New Zealand racing. So when Just Ask Me wins the Livermore, what are you going to say? Well, the Group One's a Group One. <laughs> I don't care if I don't care if he. That's if, right. It if is. he wins, win, wins it. And and who's in it? It's it, a group one. It's a group one. It is, and that's right. And you can't take that away from connections. But at the same time, the pricks, uh, sorry, the arc is a group one, and we know you're like, talking about something else. Then you're going <laughs> to call them something. <laughs> <laughs> Who just asked me? No, no, no. The French. Oh no, no, you're the yeah, yeah. No, well, that handicap is a prick. Let's be honest. Twenty-two minutes past <laughs> seven this morning uh, raises a lot of interesting questions about the state of global racing. But that was fascinating, boys. Love that. Love that from Andrew Hawkins. Uh, he be, was very good. A sharp operator, oh, isn't he? So so good to talk to someone that actually has that knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, you know. And we've been talking about very elegant all week to get him on. Gravy. Good get, Louis. Very good get. Yeah, 23 minutes past seven. Uh, Kempi, you're winding up off the back fence. You're oh, just starting. Mate, I'll tell you what. I am. Come on. I am going to really come off it hard today. Give it to me. Get off that fence, Kempi. <laughs> Listen up, Apples. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> There's got to be an investigation into this. Well, here's another embarrassing episode for Cycling New Zealand and their board of directors. When yesterday, Nee Fisher-Black admitted that she paid her own way to the Road Cycling World Championships and won gold. Is he gold? Nee Fisher-Black had to weigh up whether it was worth a huge investment to compete at the Road Cycling World Championships after being told by Cycling New Zealand, she would have to pay her own way to get there. Of the $8.3 million, yes, $8.3 million distributed to Cycling New Zealand from Sport New Zealand, Chairman Phil Holden's board of directors and Cycling New Zealand have told a world champion female athlete that she doesn't deserve a cent. She apparently is not entitled to any of their investment to not only compete, but to win a world championship. If you are to believe yesterday's article, seriously, can it get any worse for this current crop of directors at Cycling New Zealand? A board which apparently lacks any leadership in identifying champions on a world stage and which frankly seems way beyond their capability at this point. 
Cycling New Zealand should give Nee Fisher Black a full refund, including expenses for delivering a key outcome. An outcome which Sport New Zealand is committed to, delivering world champions and collecting gold medals. In rather circular, nonsensical reasoning, she has achieved the measure and now can receive Sport New Zealand funding. How weird. For heaven's sake, when will Sport New Zealand step in and sort this leadership, or should I say lack of leadership, issue out? Different day, same faces, same issues. I hope Nee Fisher Black gets what she deserves. I also hope Sport New Zealand shows better leadership than the current Cycling New Zealand Board of Directors. With their dismal history, surely it's time to appoint new directors to New Zealand Cycling who actually know what they are doing. There's got to be an investigation into this. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Kempy, well and truly off the back fence. Half past seven, double eight, double three, the Kennard Tire phone on 0800 I know a lot of you are passionate about not just cycling governance in New Zealand, but sport governance and especially around funding. What issues can you see? Do you resonate with Kempy's comments there? Come through and have a chat with us. 29 away from eight. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Choices for a poll not far away too. SENZ26 and a bit away from eight. Uh, Izzy, before we get to our poll, any reaction there to Kempi's off the back fence? Crazy, crazy, crazy situation. The, the gift that keeps on giving, Cycling New Zealand. And um, wow, it's crazy to think that these cyclists had to fund, uh, fund their own way back from Europe to Australia. Six grand, I was reading. $6,000, not cheap. Go over, win a race. No prize money, win a watch, and uh, do it for the for the love of cycling and get no support from your well chosen sport. It's pretty hard to believe, really. And then Kempi's obviously talking about the, the directors, the board of trusts, and, and everything that's a part of the board that will begin the fee. That will begin the fee, no doubt. Why don't they just all take a 2% cut, offer that up, give them the money for that, and offer these cycling. Yeah, it's crazy. 1% going to, going to cycling, road cycling. I was reading, so it, nah, it, I think it's, it's ridiculous. Poor. It's ridiculous. Isn't I think it? it's pretty poor, Kimpy. You know, you've got this. You know, it's time support women and sport being being yelled down um, at everyone in New Zealand from Sport New Zealand. Then they put, put the taxpayers' money into Cycling New Zealand's bank account, and they don't want to support a world champion. The the other part of that, of see, we had Neve on this week on Monday on our holiday. Me and Ricardo had her on the show. It was a real good chat. She never mentioned it. Um, but then when I read it, I thought, this just isn't fair. And one of the other things, if you remember, is when we had the Commonwealth Games on, we asked the question of one of our guests, was it, uh, was it the cyclists that were driving success? This is a clear indication that Cycling New Zealand has no idea about what their athletes can achieve. It can't yeah, be any clearer. Dis- there's, got, there's a big disconnect there, Kempe. And look, we've been talking about this for a long time. And there still hasn't been change. Like, Cycling New Zealand has been through a torrid time, and there's still no change, mate. Yeah, when's it going to stop? 
When's it going to stop, Izzy? Great question. Hey, um, all right, some housekeeping before we shoot through to Bjorn Baker, one of our great racing exports who's doing awesome things over there in Sydney at his base. If you want to get in our sweepstake for the NRL Grand Final, text your score prediction and your Clive Churchill medalist. Send that to double eight double three. Now, right now, the floors for living program sailors on Narrow Choices flooring. Floors for living sailors on Narrow Choices flooring. Spring catalogue, inspiring savings on carpet, timber hybrid, luxury vinyl, window furnishings, and rugs. Go to the SENZ app. Click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast and vote in the poll I have put in there today. And we're getting a little bit funky for a Friday. It's fun Friday for Daggy. It's funky Friday for me because I was inspired last night standing in front of Auckland's, well, very historic and prestigious museum, watching these rally cars at sickening speeds flying around Auckland's domain. And I was just thinking, this is so random. This is so good. So the question I've got for you (laughs) Following on from that, what weird sporting venue and sporting mix should be next? What weird venue and mix should we be next? And I've come up with four options, and you go and have your vote, and we'll see what one comes out on top in the SENZ app. So go to the app, click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, and have your say. The options are UFC at Eden Park, home of the All Blacks. Well, Israel Adesanya says he's bigger than the All Blacks. Why can't it be home to him? What about the America's Cup? Next time it's here in New Zealand on Lake Wakatipu or Lake Topor. Is there enough wind in there? I don't care. Imagine it. Imagine the parties on the lakeside there in Queenstown. How about next time it rains at the ASB Tennis Classic? We don't care because it's being played in Spark Arena. Four (laughs) courts next to each other. And everyone just sits up there and you can watch all of the tennis at the same time going on. And then you dim the courts when it comes down to finals time. Or what about Group 1 racing around Hagley Park? Imagine driving the four avenues in Christchurch and you see Opie Bossett on a Tiakau Tangerine absolutely going for home at the 200. What about You've Group lost one? it, Louis. I love it. <laughs> Group that one. last one, you've really lost it. It's so good. Have I lost it? I might have lost it. What weird sporting venue and mix do we need next? Rally in the Auckland domain. I saw it with my own eyes. Is it UFC at Eden Park? Is it America's Cup sailing in one of our great lakes? Is it ASB Tennis Classic at Spark Arena? Or is it Group 1 Racing in Hagley Park? Very quickly, what's your instinct, boys? I'm going oh. Hagley Park. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Hagley Park. Yeah, I think that's the most weirdest one, so I'm going to go Hagley Park too. USC's doable. America's Cup. I don't know because boats react differently in, in freshwater, so I don't know how that will be. You know, they'll take to that. And ASB Cleaners Test. That, that could definitely happen as Spark Reddit. Hagley Oval Group One never happened ever. So what? I'm going to take that. One. Just cruising around you the reckon? outside of the cricket pavilion. Why not, mate? What about on the boundary ropes in the cricket pavilion? Uh, go oh. to the app. Have your say. Have I lost the plot? Have your say. Uh, SENZ is 21 minutes away from me. I tell you, a bloke who's lost the plot is Bjorn Baker. Many, He's very good. Many a time. He's up after this. <laughs> We've seen and heard champions make history year in, year out on the biggest racing stages. These are the many stars of spring. Yes, he's eccentric, he's electric, and the big Kiwi bred knows how to train a winner. Bjorn Baker's gone from strength to strength since setting up his operation in Sydney, and he knows springtime is where the winning champagne tastes best. 
This week, his star sprinter overpass secured his ticket into the world's richest race. The Everest, under 24 hours later, this mare on the rise, Shades of Rose, was offered her ticket too. Two runners in the most hyped sprint in the world, not bad. Overpass lineups this weekend on his journey to the mountaintop. We've got the great man Bjorn on the line to get the mail. Morena Bjorn. Morning, guys. Great to uh, great to be on. Hey, great to have you on, champion. Your first run in the Everest, then your second, just like that. Bang, bang. How cool is that for your team, brother? Yeah, awesome, awesome. So we are very happy, and uh, now it's a, a big race, and it's really sets in the light since it's been introduced. So it's five years. It's a, a young crowd, a, a great atmosphere on the day. So. No, looking forward to it, and uh, obviously the money might help a little bit too. Mate, we've seen you enjoy some <laughs> of that that atmosphere at the races. We love it. How good are these sprinters we have knocking around at the moment? Yeah, well, obviously the, the number one, which uh, you may well know, of course, uh, well, Hillary conquered the Everest, and, and Waller's already conquered it a couple of times. Uh, of course, Foxton bred, and uh, Nature Strip's the obvious one. Um, of Steve Hansen's got a share in him. He's a, the best sprinter in the world. He, he went to the UK and yeah, he smashed them over there. And he was very good a couple of weeks ago. So he's not running this weekend. So that definitely gives us a chance. But he's the, the one that we've got to get to on Everest Day. So it's a it's a tough ask. But I've got two promising sprinters in there. They're young. Um, if it's not this year, maybe it can be next year. If you're going to get Nature Strip. How does it all pan out, mate? How does it all pan out on the day for you, Bjorn? Yeah, and that's the big one. We've got to find a length or two. <laughs> I thought the other day we actually he had had the perfect run, um, and we had to do a little bit of work. So he only bit us probably a length. Um, so we're in the ball we're in the ballpark. Uh, so we're going to have a, a good run tomorrow and then hopefully a couple of weeks into it. But um, a lot of it comes down to tactics and just where we draw and, and try and get an advantage. One thing, Nature Strip can be a touch slow out of the gate, so if he draws an inside gate in the Everest, that may make him a touch vulnerable. And uh, there's a little bit more speed probably than there has been in past years. So even my mare coming into it, Shade Row, she's won seven of nine, and, and she's got really good tactical speed, so she might be able to cross them as well. So that could make it interesting. That's uh, probably the one way he can be beaten. Mm. Oh, early on, we had, a, we had a chat to Andrew Hawkins, and he touched on, oh, we were talking about very elegant. I just want to ask you about training. Have we, have we, the tide's changing. Have we gone away from... Uh, training uh, stayers and then having a genuine stayer in the country? Or are we heading towards more sprinting over in um, types of breeding? Is that, is that where you're heading at the moment? Oh, I'm not really, but it's funny you mentioned that The because uh, we've got a couple of French guys in the trainers tower and they just came up and, <laughs> of course, very elegant, didn't make their top race, the Arc de Triomphe this weekend. And uh, prominent New Zealand bloodstock agent Paul Moroney said, remember the Rainbow Warrior. So these guys know all about the Rainbow Warrior because I remind them every week. Otherwise they wouldn't know. They don't teach it in school in France but uh, very funny and oh, not really. Some really good staying races. I've actually got a French horse in the Metrop on Saturday. I think he's a chance. They've got plenty of rain at Randwick overnight. Um, just the prize money's so good here and of course um, 
Uh, the Melbourne Cup, uh, of course, is still a, a big race, and uh, the New Zealand breeds continue to do really well, and, and particularly over distance. So we've got the big sales coming up next month. We'll get over there if they're ready to run, and then back there for January as well. Mate, you've got the Metropolitan Field, um, which is an unbelievably strong by Sydney Group 1 standard. So does, uh, is it Arapaho? Is that how you spe- is that Arapaho, how you- yeah. Arapaho have a genuine <laughs> chance in the race? Yeah, I think he does. He's been up, but he's having a, a baker's dozen of runs. He's 13th up, so he's rock hard fit. He's done very well for, he was a bit of a weak backward Frenchman, as I say, a little bit volatile and temperamental, but he's uh, he's going well. Uh, he's got a wide gate. He'll get back, and um, the wetter the better for him. He, he loves a wet track, and he's actually been running really good races Um been running good races with big weights. He dropped substantially on Saturday, so he's not out of it. Well, you've got War Eternal getting in very light in the Epson handicap. What What's the case made for him? Well, the case made for him is the wetter the better and the tougher the better. <laughs> of course, he's a, he's a Cambridge stud horse, and, and we're just hoping it, it turns into a battle of attrition. Um, he's a... He's a tough bugger but he gets in with no weight and uh, we're actually going to go for an easier race but there's only the 12 in it and I think there's already one scratch and there might be another one And oh, I think he he's not out of it he's actually come in for a little bit of support he likes it wet and um, yeah fingers crossed he can, he can that's obviously a very important race he's still a colt too oh, so yeah. if he happens to feature he might be we might be able to get a little bit at the back end yeah, mate, just before we let you go, what's your best bet, place or wind, this weekend for the punters listening in? Overpass, win. Easy. There you go. I like that. Is he's, hey. busy, is he's busy checking it out right yeah. now. <laughs> Where's that? Uber, <clears throat> Uber pass, okay. Race what? Oh, I don't know about race five, Ramwick. You've got to get over here, lads. When you get to, to Ramwick, let me know. I'll look after you. Oh, that's that's mate. Pop <laughs> that in. Pop that in. We're coming, Bjorn. I'll be there. We'll be there. Um, I'm going to be there Everest debut, and we'll we'll see that. It's so good. Oh, we'll touch race. I, got, I might have a bit of free hospitality going with these uh, two slots. I think that's part of it. And geez, these these Aussies are gullible. We just love getting a piece of their cash. So it's a good place. <laughs> it's so good. They're not the hardest workers, eh? If you look at the trainers' hut at the moment, we've got French English. Irish, Kiwis, no, they, they get to rise here. These are a bit slow in the uptake. <laughs> they still don't have the blitters low either. Perfect, Bjorn. Great to catch up, mate. Thanks, guys. Take care. What a classic. <laughs> do, we just get a, do we just get an invite to the Everest? I think he just said he's got some hospitality <laughs> knocking around. Let's go. Well, <laughs> well I'm, I'm going to be there. So I'm are like, you? Yeah, I'm going. What are you got? It's two. It's in two weeks. I'm gone. Good Who said? Well, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about six months ago, I put the leave pass in, and, and it was oh. signed. So it's yeah, it's come around fast. No, I've, I've never. It's the one race meet. It's the new race meet. I like forever wanted to be a Melbourne Cup or the Cox Plate, whatever. The Everest. He's right. It's become electric. It has become electric, so he's got two horses in the race. And because it, it's a uh, slot race, boys, it's hard to get a horse in. Mm. You can't qualify, you know? That's right. You've got you to gotta be asked to turn up, so very cool. Bjorn Baker, what a champion. And, yeah, Aussie's not, not too hard working. Who's shocked about that?
Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got some chat now. I'd love to go over and have a have a beer with Bjorn. Oof. Very good work. Hey, um, speaking of the racing at the moment, tonight at Addington, now this is very cool, win a $100 Mitre 10 voucher playing Addington Survivor. So all you have to do is pick a place getter in every race at Addington Raceway for your chance to win. Head to senzsurvivor.com.nz, so senzsurvivor.com.nz, and get your tips in now. You essentially just have to pick one horse each race and get a place getter in each race. How hard can it be? We'll find out. Easy. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Ten pairs here, they'll have a crack. Six and a half away from eight. Uh, back with a couple of your messages after this. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity Run. Yes, it is. Today, Addington, grnz.co.nz, race number one. Oh, we're getting this done fast and quick. No waiting around. 12.21 in the afternoon. Dispute or not, box five, one last start, go again. $50 on the nose. And do you know what? Last night, Merlin yep. got up at Cambridge Park. I don't know if you guys saw it. Zach Butcher smoking his pipe out the back, just biding his time, got around them on the bend and just went whooshka, nailed them to the post. Very good watch for Merlin at the park last start. And boys, you know how I've said sporting events at weird venues? Well, Tom says, what about show jumping on the waterfront or harness racing at Woodend Beach, is he? <laughs> on the beach. Now we're talking. Now we're talking, mate. There's some. There's plenty of places that can hold some great events that are just probably, well, not normal. Not normal, mate. And Merlin, great race. Great race. Storm time. And you've raised some more money for Child Cancer Foundation. Well done, Louis Herman. What? Keep it going. Coming up, Paul Fatuera. We're going to talk some rugby league grand final. Kempi chatted with him yesterday. Here's our uh, Karen with the news for Kubota. Get rapid relief from sore throats with Diflam Plus anaesthetic lozenges. Now eleven ninety nine at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Friday the 30th of September. It's just after 8 o'clock. Kempi's boogieing because he knows it's the weekend, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. He's excited. He's excited. We love a weekend. Going to chill out here in Otetahi Christchurch. But weather's not too great outside, lads. The Pukekos are eating my grass, so I'll get out there and shoo them. Get off, you little Pukekos. And, uh, yeah, rip into a nice weekend, sit down, like the fire, and uh, watch some racing, 
wait for the GF Grand Final on Sunday, Kempe, and there's been some scores come through on the text machine. Remember, a little sweepstakes. Guess the score and the Clive Churchill medalist. And the closest, well, we'll get a $50 TAB bonus bet. Keep them coming through. Tim, he's gone 36-4. Panthers, Cleary, just very, very dominant, which could happen. Potentially could happen. So Timmy thinks the Panthers will die, uh, demolish uh, Parramatta. We've got another one here. 1916 Para Moses from, well, an unknown Texer. You're going to leave your name, brother. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't know who it is. Uh, keep your names coming through. Ed. Ed knows what he's talking about. Penra, 34-16. Jerome Luai plays a ripper. That's a great one there, uh, Kempi. We're going to chat to Paul Fatuera shortly. Well, you had a chat to him yesterday. We'll play it for you. But Jerome Luai, not much been said about Jerome Luai. No, nah, under yeah, like, the radar. You know, yep. flying under the radar, he, he could have an absolute barnstorming game. Plays well when Cleary's at his best, mate. And, and I think that's where the game's won and lost for both Parramatta and Penrith. You've got Mitchell Moses um, and Dylan Brown, and if either one of them have a quiet one, then it's stacked against them. Because Luai always plays well with Nathan Cleary. Yeah, it's interesting, eh? It's interesting. He's just flying under the radar. A lot of chat about uh, Dylan Brown and, and on the other side. What a matchup that is. Dylan Brown taking on Jerome Luai. Watch that space. Here we go. Another one for Richie. Richie, Penrith Panther win. 24-14, I think it was. Louis just got it. Oh, 32-14. Sorry. From Richie Fisher-Harris. The medal. Fisher-Harris to have a big one. Yeah, oh, how good. The Rose. Yep. Hey, how good. He's, he's, man, he's an athlete. Hell of an athlete, old James Fisher-Harris. So that is from Richie. Simon, 24-16. Panthers, Cleary, Churchill medal. Yep, another one there. Oh, this is a juicy one. 13 to the Panthers. Uh, Panthers. No, 13 to the Panthers. Eels, 12. Nathan Cleary to obviously kick the winning field goal. That is from Gary Anderson and Porirua. He's even left his TAB account there because he thinks he's going to win it straight away. I love your confidence, Gary Anderson. Oh, there's a few good ones here. We'll read. To, we'll get to those shortly, boys. But shall we hear from the great one? Yeah, S-E-N-Z. why not? Uh, there's nothing like it. NRL Grand Final week where the suspense, the nerves, the stakes all boil down to two teams, thirty odd blokes, and one chance at glory. Penrith, the known commodity. No one has mastered the dynamic consistency like them in recent times. X factor, but stability. Para, the team taking the opportunities week in, week out to finally break the drought and prove they are elite. They match up beautifully. The game looms to be a classic. Who comes out on top, though? A man who has climbed the mountain, top with the Penrith Panthers and knows what it takes to win a grand final is Paulie Fatiuda. He's a great Kiwi, and he's on the line with me now. Morena, bro. How are you? Kia ora, rangatira, Kempi. I'm well, thank you. It is awesome to reconnect with you again, my man. Oh, that's awesome, Paulie. Same, uh, same, Cordial, bro. It's so awesome to hear your voice. How proud are you, bro, of your Panthers this week? Third time in the grand final. Geez, they're going well. Third time. How 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 good is that? It's uh, as you know, it's, it's hard to to make semi-finals, let alone a grand final, and to do it three times in a row is is awesome. Yeah, so definitely proud of. Proud of the, the Panthers, it's my old club, but it's also good to, to witness the, the great talent that we have with our footballers today. Mate, what have you witnessed over the last five years? Why have they Why have they been doing so well? I don't know what they're feeding them, Kempe, but they're just pure 
athletes in, in today's today's footy is obviously it's probably to do with their training and and with all the technology and whatnot, it's uh, definitely paying dividends for our, our athletes. I just think the game's evolved. The game has evolved. You've got centres running, running 11 seconds flat who are 100-plus kilos. I was on a little 90-kilo centre mm. back in my heyday. So things have changed. Uh, things have evolved. And as, as we both know, it's rugby league's the greatest game of them all. And nothing gets better than the grand final. No, and you've been there talking about grand finals. Mate, what's this week about, the grand final week? Yeah, from, from past experience, obviously it was a long time ago. I, looking back at my time, uh, as, as long as you can stay calm, although the, the, the limelight's on you and your team, you just got to go through your normal uh, routine and not get overawed by the occasion. And I had great coaches, John Lang and uh, the legendary uh, Tim Sheens, was in his first cup of tea uh, winning grand final. So that last week with the the Tigers, it was just about remaining calm, going through your normal routines and, and not get overruled by the occasion and play the game uh, before you're even on the, the football field. How good so, is uh, Yeah, no, de- definitely a great experience to go through and, and, yeah, and to win as well. Yeah, he, uh, very, very fortunate. How good's that? A couple of couple of rings for Paulie Futz. That's so good. Mate, if you were defending Nathan Cleary, what would you have to do to stop him? I don't know what to do. He's, he's, he's got the overall package, hasn't he? As, as a halfback, he's, he's confident. He's, he's got speed. He's got charisma. He's got a great king game. He's got a great running game. He knows uh, where to put that ball uh, where it's needed. So I think with with most most halfbacks, you've got to, just got to cut down their time, make make him work on on defence. But he's, I think that five weeks off has, has given him uh, more energy. I know during that state of origin period, he, he seemed a little bit lethargic there for for a bit. So from the looks of things, the last two games, it's actually re-energised him. And uh, I think the great thing about Penrith, they've been to two grand finals, but they know uh, what it feels like to lose, but they also know what it feels like to win. So. Hopefully, experience will prevail. Mate, Para haven't won a grand final in 36 years. The team that I used to watch when I was a kid, uh, the Eric Gross, the Ellers, the Kennys, Sterlings, Price, the list goes on. Um, but they've had a decent run into the grand final. What makes Para dangerous? What makes Para dangerous? I, I, well, I've beaten the Panthers twice this year. Uh, the, they they deserve to be in the grand final. Uh, like anything, if they can just stick to stick to their normal routine, do what they do well, uh, they're up for a chance. It's a 50-50 ball game. But it's the pressure, Kempi, as we, we both know, playing in those those big games, the, the team or the individual that can handle the pressure the best will, will come up trumps. Yeah, that's but they've got every opportunity to beat, it, to beat them. Uh, it's, a, it's a West. The West uh, versus West Grand Final, the, the majority of the crowd is going to be Parramatta. And like you said, it's 36 years. It could be their time. But uh, yeah, who knows? I'm looking forward to, to watching it on Sunday night. It'll be exciting. Now, you've been there. You've been to uh, Dally M's and you know, obviously enjoying the, the run of the, the final week. Mate, can you remember, what was the highlight of the week for you when you, when you went through those Grand Finals? Was it, was it actually getting to the game or was it something leading up to it? It was, it was. I think just turn up the training and your stadium's packed, and I think just just the vibe of the city in, in Sydney. It's 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 just uh, grand final uh, fever, 
Uh, but Tim Cheens, I'll just go back to his his corridor uh, was don't get overawed. We we had a focus on on everyone doing their job well. Uh, if everyone turned up and played out minute by minute, set by set, uh, we'll come out with, with uh, the, the victory. And it goes quickly, uh, Kempi. Mm. Uh, but what I what I do remember uh, was uh, definitely a, a relief that we had one, and uh, obviously post. Post grand finals, still a bit of a blur that that week or two weeks after the game. <laughs> yeah, but no, just just with rugby league, it's it's all about keeping its connections and and making memories with those other sixteen uh, great footballers that I was able to uh, play on the field with. Mate, talking about Come memories, and you've mentioned him a couple of times, Tim Sheens and your West Tigers. I got to ask this question because it's is his favourite teammate. What do you think about Benji? Robbie Farrer coming back, joining Tim Sheens and trying to get the uh, glory days back to your team, your old team, the West Tigers. I caught up with Benji four weeks ago when he received the New Zealand Order of Merit and they had a good corridor with, with him and he's definitely up for the challenge. He needs a challenge. It's going to be tough. Mm. Uh, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Is, uh, yeah, the reason why I wouldn't want to coach because it's a lot of pressure and a lot of demands. So it's going to be, it's going to be a big ask for him but in saying that I think it's a good plan that he's got two years as an assistant coach under Tim Sheens and uh, he's going to learn a lot the next two years and for the Tigers the, unfortunately the only way is up they finished bottom of the table mm. uh, this year the, the, obviously the need some changes and uh, hopefully uh, Benji can can do the club proud but it's, it's going to be a tough ask but I know Benji is confident um, young man, because he's still young. He's got a lot of knowledge within the game. He's still connected with the players of today. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it could come on trumps. I hope it does. But it'll be a tough, uh, tough assignment. Uh, yeah, any coach at a highest level is, is is definitely not easy, that's for sure. No, no, that's right. And we, we wish Benji and his, I guess, his cohorts all the best uh, trying to get the Tigers back to where they should be. Mate, the Kiwis, they're ripping up the competition at the moment. And we're definitely going to have a good team going on the World Cup. What are your thoughts of the Kiwi boys and the comp and the and the World Cup and the team coming coming along and hopefully bringing that cup back to New Zealand? Yeah, definitely got a great opportunity to to bring that cup home. We can never underestimate Australia because when we do, we know what happens. Uh, but in saying that, we've got a, a, an exciting group of of players that seem injury free. Uh, we definitely will be strong, and you can also look at Samoa. They've got a uh, a high standard team as well so it's going to be a competitive World Cup uh, hopefully fingers crossed uh, we, we stay injury free and uh, come in with, with that trophy because it's been a while and it'll be nice to to finish off the year uh, and I believe with some great success in winning the World Cup for our Kiwis it'll be fantastic yeah man be awesome I'm, I've got my fingers crossed mate what are you up to these days Paulie? yes uh, so I'm still involved with the NRLs Thankfully invited to come over to the Daily M's. It's been on the Daily M panel. So just enjoying the festivities this week. Uh, got to catch up with with my former teammates, uh, with the 05 crew on Friday, then 03 crew on uh, Saturday, and, and go to the game and enjoy it, and catch the early flight back home to Tamaki Makoto. Uh, yeah, so uh, just enjoying the week of football. It's uh, a great place to be in Sydney uh, for this week. And, yeah, it's all about reconnecting those, those friendships too because they are important. Yeah, mate. Hey, look, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week. How different, you know, is is it of um, th- these days nowadays for when we were running around, and how much 
uh, we know about that space. You know, is there is there a lot of work? I know you're doing a lot of work in there at the moment. What what sort of differences have you seen um, between that, then when we were playing and now the current the current crop? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it ain't weak to speak uh, for our athletes or today or people in general. Uh, there's, there's more support out there. Mental health uh, awareness has 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 uh, definitely been a positive place to come in and, and court it all and, and get that uh, help and support that we all need. Uh, we've all gone through trauma or pain, especially during COVID. And what I do know is when you isolate yourself, loneliness becomes toxic. So it's important to know that there, there are organisations and people out there to, to support you in need. And it's important just to, you know, if you've got a loved one that's in, going through some tough times, you can tell that they're, they're a little bit down, just ask them, are, are you okay? So... I think it's uh, yeah compared to back in our heyday, it is it's it's a more of a safe space to come in corridor and and making sure that uh, you, you get that right support around you. Oh, that's the most important thing, eh, Paulie, is to corridor in a Waikatoa all the time. Hey, um, just before I let you go, mate, what's your prediction? Penrith by how much? Brother, I think I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. They've been the the form team uh, this year and last year, obviously. Uh, they they look cool, calm, and collective. Uh, last night, man, there's some big boys, Kempi. Big boys from, from both sides. Big <laughs> boys. Uh, but so I, my money's on the Panthers. Uh, but you know what? The Steelers win it. Good on them. I hope they don't. But uh, you know, thirty six years is a long time. So I'm going for my Panthers. Hey, good to call to your brother again, and uh, look forward to catching up to, up with you just to, to chew the fat and uh, see we see how things roll over these uh, these next few years. Uh, might even get you in the studio, mate, up here in Auckland. So enjoy your week, enjoy your time over there with all your brothers, your your Tigers ex mates, the O three boys, of course the Panthers boys in O five. Um, yeah, you've been there, done that, and uh, we uh, wish you all the best. Thanks for joining us on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. S-E-N-Z. Awesome, Kimpy, and a bit more clear clarity in his score prediction. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, Tony, he'd love that, wouldn't he? He'd love that, just not on the, just sitting on the pen. I loved when he said, oh, you know, hope, wish, wish, the, wish the best, Parramatta. Um, but yeah, no, I don't want them to win. <laughs> Very honest, is he? <laughs> come, come on, Paulie, take us back to the promised land, brother. <laughs> yeah. 2005. I had to ask Why? him that. I had to ask him that. Take us back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just got so many memories from that. Oh, they're the reason I supported the the Tigers, mate. Oh, loved it, loved it. Watching Benji just rip up and shred it up, and pull up to it in the centres, two time. Grand finalist and middle holder. Prolific try scorer, eh? Oh, could mm. score. A Warrior boy first signed for the Warriors before he went overseas and won two premierships. <laughs> um, <laughs> from out of the Wainui Amata uh, club down in Wellington. He's, uh, you Did know, he get let go? Uh, yes, that is correct. <laughs> um, he's a, mate, a, and a really good, really good bloke, you know, um, unassuming. Like he said in that interview, you know, he can't. He can't get over how big the players are today. He ring him wet ninety kilos playing in the centres. You know, you've got yeah. uh, big Latrell Mitchell, hundred and eighteen kilos, runs like the wind. It's a new hybrid. It's a new hybrid these days. That's why that was a great chat. That's why Geordie's a good second five eight. <laughs>
You love it, eh? You love it, Kimpy. Real good chat. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like where his head's at, to be honest. Just don't overthink it. For me, I haven't given my score prediction. I think the Panthers will be too good. Like, I think it'll be close, but I just think they have the class factor, and I just I don't want to overthink it. If you asked me five weeks ago, eight weeks ago, at the start of the year, I thought was going to win the NRL this year. It's always been the Panthers. There's to lose. So it's always been the Panthers. So I'm going to say Panthers 24, para 12. And I think they get over them by about that 10-point range. Um, you know that bet? I'm, like, that bet, 40 seconds out from half time last week, Souths go down and Latrell thro- Mitchell throws that pass that Brian Toto intercepts. Mate, they were setting for a drop goal before half time. If that's the other team, if that's Penrith and they're, and they're out by six, Cleary set, sets up and kicks that drop goal. I reckon that bet, drop goal before half time that the TAB put on, is a special. It's paying $15. $15. Is it? For a drop in the first half? Drop in the first half. And you've got Mitchell Moses and Nathan Cleary sitting there. Mitchell Moses is special, mate. If he sees an opportunity, he'll kick it when it's when, when they're when they're up by two. If it's two nil, he'll kick a drop goal. Love it. Fifteen bucks. Pip Morris is coming up from T A B. We'll uh, talk to her about she'll have <laughs> She's Panthers but, through and through. But, but is she, is she, is she, is she going to have to pick up the phone? She'll be on the way to uh, the NRL granny, won't she? And there's a couple of really good texts need to get to around the poll and also the Clive Churchill chat from uh, earlier on. Very quickly, Carlos from Christchurch says, Hi team, Brad Mackay, St George, Bradley Clyde, Raiders, Dally Cherry Evans, mainly... Jack Whiten Raiders are the only Clive Churchill winners from a losing team. Pierce, I'm happy to provide you future sporting questions, not easy ones, <laughs> as I've been writing pub <laughs> quizzes for a number of years. Carlos from Christchurch. You oh, might how have, good. You might have just found yourself a, uh, a new gig. Carlos? We'll Come on, Carlos. Our people will be in touch with your people. Great so, stuff. You know, the, you know the, um, just a quick analysis on those four, four names, all from the spine. What does that tell you? You've got to be, have your hands on the so ball to win it. One, six, seven, Need or the nine. Ball. Need the pill. Can't do anything about the pill. 24 past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Pip, not far away. Right, SENZ. Let's catch up with Pip Morris from TAB. And Pip, we had a good text here from somebody that wants to get involved in your hall pass promotion. They're wondering if they would get that bonus bet if they put a same game multi on. Does that make them eligible for the bonus bet? Yes, it does. As long as they're having a $5 bet on the NRL Grand Final, Louis, it does make them eligible. There you go, James. Question That's answer just like that. And Pip, how, Eels by how many? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> Eels lose by about uh, 12 at least. <laughs> oh, so you got Penrith by 12. That's uh, What's that, Pan? I'm giving Penrith, I'm, I'm conceding the Eels 12 points. It's as much as we're going to put on, and I'm going Penrith to win by 27 to 12. I'm going a penalty and a convert and a, and a field goal in there. And who wins a Clive Churchill? Uh, I'm going Dylan Edwards. I like, he was $12. He's in the 750s. Second best back. Nathan Cleary's the best back. But I just think if they shut Nathan Cleary down a little bit, Edwards got man of the match last weekend, and I think he'll stand up again. So he's a nice value play. Mate, unbelievable. Penrith all the way. All the way. Well, Izzy's back, Parramatta. I'm an old Parramatta boy. I'm going with you. I think Penrith in a close one. Um, is is it true, we're just talking about that value bet, Pip, the $15 bef- uh, field goal before half time. is that uh, on again this weekend? 
I'm not sure about the $15, but it, there will be exactly a power play or something like that, definitely. I'm just having a look at the power plays in front of me now, and I've got no doubt they'll have a field goal, considering that both Moses and Cleary wanted one last time that they met in the first half. So, yep, have a look out for that. There's so many options if you go through underneath the game there. We've even got successful two-point field goal match at $11. Uh, so that's just one I've found. So, yep, definitely. And the successful field goal in the first half is $15. There you go. And Pip, um, what's Lee Thinnis backing this weekend at Hastings so we can lay it? Best bet is La Creek. He's on Best Bet La Creek here at Hastings, and she has been one of the best back Louis, as well as Dynastic Hastings. I don't want to. I don't want to lay La Creek, so I'll, I'll let him <laughs> off the hook this time. <laughs> she's a she's a good mare. We wanted to win her Group One. All right, Pip, fantastic, fabulous. We'll talk to you next Friday. Good luck to the Panthers, and good luck to you. I'm sure, it'll be a mad Monday if they get up right. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend as well. Loves the Panthers. Oh, yeah. She's passionate. <laughs> passionate. One-eyed is they come. You're thinking of one-eyed Kentab. She's a one-eyed Panther. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I agree, is he? Wow, we almost got scared of my boots there for a second. Uh, 29 away from nine. Let's go to Kaz with the news, Kaz chat with Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand and then let's get to some of these text messages and the poll results come on Group 1 Racing at Hagley Park if you don't know what I'm talking about you've still got time to go vote in the poll, go to the SENZ app, click on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast and have your choice So what you want SENZ Friday is beckoning. Big Friday for the lads. Kimpy, you're out to Mulderwai to watch the granny and just spend some time out there. Daggy, what are you up to? Just going to cruise this weekend in, in Christchurch. I'm just watching that tackle, try-saving tackle from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, who was that, Ryan Girdler, was it? Ryan uh, Scotty Sattler. Sattler. Down on Scotty Sattler, skinny, what a tackle. That's skinny burn, mate. He came to he came play for the Oof. Warriors. He's a good bloke. Real good bloke. Oh, that was that was an unreal tackle. And that what it, that's what it takes to win grand finals. Big moments, big players step up. Um, mate, I'm just going to chill. Just going to chill this weekend with the family and uh, light the fire, watch some sport, watch some racing, watch the GF on Sunday, mate. So I do have a 40th on Saturday, so I might be a little bit slow, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling at a 40th. Hey, uh, speaking of the racing, loveracing.nz. Now, today there's... Joe, you just want to kill the vibes by turning the music down. Let the music play, man. It's Friday. Hey, um, <laughs> it's, it's good racing at Tarapa today. Um, really good racing at Tarapa today, including a couple of open handicaps. Race number eight, Tavi Mack, Darcy LaBella. Al's coming over the hill. The Shake is coming for a raid on Tarapa where he does some of his better work. Aegon is back today by the seams. It looks like he's in this race uh, Izzy, I, I, I don't know whether Ooh. he's going to be scratched out of the one tomorrow or today, but he's still in the fields for today, which would suggest that he is en route to turn up today. So we'll get a good look at Aegon. I actually thought Rosen Power was an interesting runner. Look, forgive the heavy track form. If it's a soft, although it's raining there, it could get heavy at Tarapa, so maybe that's an issue. Our Alley Cat again, has no heavy track form, so maybe it just sets up beautifully for Darcy LaBella. If I could give you one horse to follow, 
out of the meeting. Race number one, Legato. Now, this is the filly that could challenge the Tiako runners in the 1,000 guineas. Legato. She's got a little bit of brilliance about her. She's a big Frosier filly. Um, kind of in those similar Levante colours, or the same Levante colours, Kenny and Bev Kelso, Ryan Elliott rides. Whatever she does today, she'll be better for it fresh. Um, and I just want to see her running on, but I think she could be in for a huge preparation. And in race number four, Spirit of Baz gets the biggest gear change in racing. Ooh. Owen Patrick Bossen on. <laughs> the biggest gear change in racing. Opie aboard. So, a little smoky. Just watch... Due to get back to some winning form as Spirit of Bears. So that's a Tarapa today. And that's the loveracing.nz update. Now, the poll that I lobbed out a little bit earlier on with choices flooring. Time to get the answers. Rally New Zealand stage in the domain last night in Auckland. It was unbelievable. In front of the museum, very cool, Kempe. You said it. There was plenty of people there. It was very cool. What weird venue sporting mix should be next? USC at Eden Park. America's Cup Sailing in Lake Wakatipu, Lake Taupo, ASB Tennis Classic at Spark Arena, inside Spark Arena, or Group 1 Racing in Hagley Park. Well, I voted for Group 1 Racing in Hagley Park. I think it'd be brilliant. I can just envision cruising the avenues while poking your head through the trees and seeing some horses flying around the middle of the field. The biggest and the most wanted and desired event is America's Cup Sailing on a lake with 56% of the vote. Could you imagine just turning up to Lakeside there at Queenstown and seeing them blatter around, Kempe? Well, yeah, they do get a bit of wind down there too, so it wouldn't be a bad place to go down and watch America's Cup. I've been watching that GP uh, sailing since we've got into it. Mate, I I love it. I absolutely love watching it, the way that they tactically get around, um, especially the start. How they don't have many, how they don't have more crashes at the start, um, but once they get going, I reckon it's gonna they're gonna break that hundred um, kilometres an hour real real soon. What if we I get on it? Happening. Can we get on one of those boats? You reckon us? <laughs> well, when they come down to Littleton, we've already got an invitation from Blair Chook, and good to see those boys just flying back. They've just arrived back in the country, mate. I, look, I just think because I notice when you go from the the ocean to freshwater and just your normal boat they react differently so i'm just thinking maybe the reactions to, from the sea to the to the fresh fresh water whether that be a case get in these boats there transportation look i can see it happening and it'll be a hell of a event how good would that be just jump on the lake and conditions not having to deal with big old waves only on windy days but mate not a fair shout right well that's what the punters want to see anyway actually somebody texts and you can be all of this somebody said what about a diamond league athletic meet at mm. alexandra park would be good to watch with the cam but all surface or a mountain biking velodrome style event at alex park just don't expect cycling new zealand to pay for it so, <laughs> someone's listened to your off the back fence and that was very witty izzy i've just reminded myself um you've been invited tomorrow i'm not kidding by the way I've received an invitation for you. It's like I'm your, your EA or something. Um, <laughs> to head along to the Avon River, Sail GP, Pete Burling and Blair Chuka racing each other in Walker Armour boats up the Avon River tomorrow. And they said that uh, there's a boat on Bla- there's a spot on Blair's boat for you if you want it. Serious? I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, 
What you tell me? It only came through about half an hour ago. So I, <laughs> good, good warm well, up for the fortieth. It's, it's only come through about half half an hour ago. But I'll, tell, I'll give you the details off here. But yeah, if you want to go see Blair Chuk and uh, Pete Burling tomorrow morning at about ten thirty, they're going to be in Christchurch down the Avon, in like yeah, having a race. Am I? Getting a free ride or am I paddling? Mate. <laughs> You're paddling. <laughs> they need two oh, big arms. Oh, oh, I thought I was just going to park up and go, go on, Chuki. <laughs> won't be on their foils without you pitching in, mate. So that's, um, I'll give you the details. But, yeah, head along. See some superstars on the Avon tomorrow. 19 from 9. Or a Friday tipple after this, eh? Uh, well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday tipple. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Friday, Friday tipple. To start us off, I want to give a toast to Dan Hillier, who put in an amazing 10 birdies to secure himself a win at the Swiss Challenge event in France. The young golfer talked about dealing with the second-year blues as he edges closer to securing himself a spot on the DP World Tour. You know, you get to year two and um, it sort of gets a little bit monotonous, I guess. So I was just sort of going through the motions a little bit. And, you know, sort of now that we're at the business end of the season, you know, I think there's, you know, obviously a little bit more fire in the belly. and bit more fire in his belly for sure. And, well, he messaged me and told me to get into those pro golfers' ears when I... <laughs> I play my little event. I said, "Are you are you serious?" And he goes, "Nah, maybe not. Bit of etiquette might be gold." Nah, go get in way, there, so. mate. Get in there. <laughs> if I spray it, I'm gonna banter them, Kimpy. Anyway, well done, Ben. Well done, Danny boy. And following the footsteps of the Black Caps, the White Ferns have been spending some time in the Caribbean. Not up at the Pullman, like I thought. Where they've been playing against the West Indies. We spoke with Matt Mealy Kerr about how the new players are gelling together. The new group's going extremely well. The young players are awesome. They've got a bit mm. about them and have just slotted in really well. And, yeah, the coaches have been awesome, stealing a few of the Aussies from um, <laughs> winning environments as well. Yep, need to bounce back the girls. But, uh, yep, she's going all right, is he? Bowling, batting and, and uh, a nice little all-rounder. Yeah, she's a good girl. She's uh, very uh, passionate about mental health too and she's uh, had some amazing clips on her Instagram page if you want to give a look at that. Doing some good things. Awesome, Melly. Well, on Wednesday we spoke to our mate Steve Lanks, the one-eyed Lancaster, who walked down the hall from New Zealand Rugby to talk about this week's NPC Charity Round. It's a great initiative from NZR as players will be outfitted with pink socks to raise awareness for breast cancer, which is a cause that is easy to get behind. Back to your question, is around was it hard uh, landing on a charity? Not really. Breast cancer um, it affects a lot of families in New Zealand, a lot of people, yep. and so um, not a lot of debate. Frankly, it was a pretty it was a pretty easy one to land on, and the players have been really supportive as well. Yeah, I took the my most busiest man, busiest man in NZR at the moment, doing some good things in the community and uh, a great initiative, and hopefully raise some money for char for breast cancer. Yeah, awesome work. Good boy, Links. Good boy. Hey, uh, yesterday we also spoke with Richie Barnett. For more than an athlete, one of our better segments, and our chat with him was particularly timely considering it's Mental Health Awareness Week, which is a cause that is also close to his heart. Like I've, I've always been fascinated by human behaviour, 
having a brother that sort of went so far left and, and me so far right, I wanted to understand what those decisions and when were those decisions made by somebody at that time. And um, so I was just really intrigued by it all. Yeah, great chat by Richie Barnett. We've all got those stories, A as E. And uh, also want to just tip my hat to you, Izzy, for your week in and around mental awareness and uh, giving everyone an opportunity to chat. Yeah, thanks, brother. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important week, but not only this week. It should be spoken about every single day. Get out there. If you're struggling, it's normal. Normalise it. Anyway, time for our toast of the week, which could have easily gone to Richie, but I think when you pledge to run seven, Ultra marathons in seven days. You deserve the extra shout-out. Yes, lead Rhinos legend Kevin Sinfield will be pushing his body to the absolute limit ahead of the Rugby League World Cup, and he's doing it all in the name of charity. In tragic circumstances, the mighty Rob Burrow, who you guys will know over there, um, got diagnosed with motor neuron disease in December 2019, and we wanted to do something to show Rob how much we love and care for him and, and um, we want to stand shoulder, and sh- shoulder to shoulder with him. Yep, tip my hat to Kevin. What an absolute champion. There's so many people out there that just go beyond belief. They've pushed the body through to, to through its limits and right to the very edge, all in the name of charity and, and raising money for, for Rob Burrow, who I remember watching, little Jack Rabbit running around for Leeds in, in England. It was, uh, yeah fascinating this obviously our great man Kane over in Australia did the same thing so these guys they are special appreciate yeah, it Kevin. what a champ what an absolute champion just brings a nearly a lump, a lump in my throat that stuff that Kev's doing and uh, I can't wait can't wait to uh, watch the great man shop of the the final of the World Cup in Old Trafford having conquered seven ultra marathons in seven days well, wow. pretty cool moment for you, Kempi, when he uh, said that you gave me my debut as well. And there's a guy who's gone on to play 600 first grade games. Uh, you're you're global. You're impact worldwide, mate. And yeah, Kev Sinfield, everyone we've had on the show this week. You can go find all of their podcasts. Lizzie and Kempi for breakfast. Relive the week we've just had. We'll wrap it all up with Smithy just after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.